Father and son shot dead in Edmonton. Fashion mogul Peter Nygaard found guilty of sexual assault charges against him after a year and a half on strike. The strike at workers in Quebec's public cannabis stores is finally over. And the life and times of Suela Braverman. Good morning. It's Tuesday, November 14th. I'm Nora, and here are your headlines. First to Edmonton, where CBC News is reporting the murder of two people. The news is noteworthy on its own, but especially noteworthy for how CBC frames it. Here's the headline, quote, Edmonton police release suspect images from deadly gang-related shooting of father and son, unquote. Now, reading this, you get the sense that there is this grizzled gang pair, two adult men, father and son, who were just murdered in a targeted hit. But as you start reading, you discover that the father was just 41 years old, meaning that the son was very young. He was just 11 years old. The man who was shot dead is named Harpreet Singh Uppal, and CBC reported this, quote, Police have said Uppal, 41, was a high-level gang member involved in the drug trade and that the killings were targeted, unquote. Now, I have a problem with how gang violence is usually written about, but here, the racism, the stereotypes, the signals to us that we're not supposed to be sad about this is more exposed than usual as they're talking about a child here. The story is pretty much all information from police, including police requests from the public to tell them if they know anything about what happened. Further down the story, we find out that the boy was quote-unquote deliberately killed and that this happened while they were with another boy, a friend of the same age of the son. He fled and was not injured. Now, this is not the first attempt on Upal's life. He was with a child nine years old at the time in 2021 when someone started shooting at him through the glass of a royal pizza in southern Edmonton. They don't say whether or not the nine-year-old was the son. There's no information about whether or not the boys' school will have grief counselors on hand or anything else that usually accompanies the story of the murder of a child. But hey, the sins of the father mean that this kid was probably just another gang member too, I guess. Next, fashion mogul Peter Nygaard has been found guilty of four counts of sexual assault. More than 50 people had come forward with allegations of sexual assault against him. The 82-year-old had pled not guilty to the charges. He also faces criminal charges in Winnipeg, Montreal, and in New York. One of the survivors was just 16 years old when she was assaulted. Survivors talked about feeling trapped in his apartment, including that there were buttons under his bed to open and close doors. The news was a relief for Nygaard's son, Kai Bickle Nygaard, who's been trying to raise these issues since 2019. As a result, he lost his inheritance over the decision to expose his father's crimes. Nygaard's case is happening at the same time that more and more people are coming forward with allegations against another wealthy Canadian who's about the same age as Nygaard, Robert Miller. In that case, women say that they were as young as 12 when Miller assaulted them, and he always paid cash to keep people quiet. As you can imagine, it ruined many people's lives. 
It's so interesting to me that in the United States, stories about someone like Jeffrey Epstein are sensational and point to systemic sexual abuse among the wealthiest class of men in that country. There's nothing special about rich people in Canada, and Nygaard and Miller both demonstrate this. The only real question for me is how many journalists refuse to ever write about rumors for decades, how many politicians ignored what they knew, how many other businessmen were sex trafficking of girls and that never had the whistle blown on them by someone close to them. Next, about 250 employees of the Société Québécoise du Cannabis, or the Quebec Cannabis Society, are finally finished their strike. The workers have been on strike for a year and a half. Now, Quebec hasn't opened its pot market to everyone and their dogs in the same way that other provinces had. The market is controlled by the Société, or the SQDC, and these workers are members of the union QP. The group ratified the arbitrator's deal at about 85% support. The employer also agreed to it, and so workers can go back to work very soon. Now, not all workers of the SQDC are members of CUPE. The strike only impacted about 20 stores of the 98 that exist across the province. The biggest issue was salaries. Daniel Morin told the Canadian press that the arbitrator's decision brought the two sides closer together. The workers will get $21 per hour compared to the non-unionized stores where workers are making $17.12 per hour. There were also improvements made to part-time work hours and other job quality issues. QP had set out to win the workers a starting wage of $24.14 per hour. That's the same as what workers at Quebec's public alcohol stores are paid when they start. The contract will last for five years. There are another 20 or so stores of the SQDC that are unionized with La CSN. And finally, maybe you, like me, noticed yesterday that there were a lot of Suela Braverman jokes online. Well, Al Jazeera is here to help us uncover why that is with a Q&A that answers everything you want to know about the scandal surrounding Suela Braverman. She was Britain's Secretary of State in the Home Department, and she's just been sacked. This wasn't her first sacking. Back in 2022, she was asked to resign for sending an official document from her personal email address. But when Rishi Sunak became prime minister, he reappointed her. Her recent sacking was related to a recent Times of London opinion piece that she wrote. She called pro-Palestinian marchers, quote unquote, hate marchers and mobs. There was intense criticism towards her from both her own party and the Labour Party. Sunak said that Braverman hadn't gotten the OK from his office to publish the piece, something that is against the ministerial code, says Al Jazeera. But Sunak decided to stand by her and let her stay on. Pressure increased on Sunak to force her to resign. And... He has done that, so she's out. Now, The National, a Scottish newspaper, has a full list of Braverman's worst moments, so I'll give you an idea of who this woman is. She has called migration a quote-unquote invasion. She's wanted to fly asylum seekers to Rwanda, something that she called her dream. She pissed off the Irish. She thinks homelessness is a quote-unquote lifestyle choice and that many homeless Britons are migrants. She wanted to restrict the use of tents in public places. She says asylum seekers pretend to be gay to get special access. And she's claimed that British Pakistani men were creating gangs of groomers. Braverman's exit has made the way for the return of one unlikely man, David Cameron. 
don't know who that is, do yourself a favor and Google David Cameron and Pig's Head. It's everything you need to know. Cameron will be serving as the foreign secretary. Sunak's government has been staunchly supportive of Israel, but Britons have been demonstrating in massive numbers in support of Gaza, which is one of the reasons why Braverman has been sacked. Cartoon villain Jacob Rees-Mogg spoke out about Braverman's firing, saying it was a mistake and will hurt the Conservatives' chances in the next election. Those are your headlines for Tuesday, November 14th. It's Tuesday. It's Sandy and Nora Day. We have another great episode coming for you in just a couple of hours, so stay tuned for that. You're listening to this podcast at sandyandnora.com on the Real News Network podcast feed and anywhere you get your podcasts. I hope you have a great Tuesday. I'll talk to you tomorrow.